The Teach Middle East podcast is brought to you by Schoolfinder.ae. Schoolfinder.ae is a comprehensive schools directory serving the United Arab Emirates. Is your school a member? Go to Schoolfinder.ae to find out more. Now, enjoy this episode. everyone. Welcome to the Teach Middle East podcast. My name is Lisa Grace and today I have Gemma Stowe with me on the podcast. I met Gemma virtually on LinkedIn just via posts and shares and comments and things like that. That's how you meet people nowadays. But what's fantastic about Gemma is that she is a self-promotion expert. Yes, you heard right. Her job is helping companies develop their leaders, especially their female leaders, and helping people to promote themselves more expertly. And she also has her own podcast, which is called No More Hiding, aptly named, right? No More Hiding podcast. And her aim is to close that gap for female leaders. You are listening to the Teach Middle East podcast, connecting developing and empowering educators. So welcome, Gemma. It's so good to have you. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so pleased to be here. It's really exciting. Fabulous. Now, I know when we talk about self-promotion expert, people tend to wonder if it's a good or bad thing. What reactions have you gotten when you introduce yourself as a self-promotion expert? Yeah, it's quite interesting because I guess the thing is for me, I often talk about self-promotion not being a dirty word because it has that negative kind of reputation, right? So when I talk to people and say, oh, I love self-promotion, I help women promote themselves and they're like, oh, they think, well, oh, I don't like that. It's, oh, it's really uncomfortable and awkward and cringy and, you know, all those things. Arrogance comes up quite a lot, actually, which is really interesting. But yeah, for me, I'm really passionate about it because uh, as women, especially, we just don't do it enough and we don't own our expertise and, and share and showcase our talent enough. And we just hope and pray people will notice and that doesn't always happen. So that's why I'm passionate about it. Fabulous. I got that reaction when I told my friend I was actually interviewing a self-promotion expert. She's like, what is that? And why do you need one? I said, that is exactly why you need one. If you don't know the importance of self-promotion and how that can propel you, then you definitely need to listen to this podcast. So for everybody who's listening to this podcast today, I'm sure you're going to get some gems and be able to navigate the world of self-promotion even better. Now, our audience is made up of educators. And we're going to talk predominantly today to the female teachers. You know, men, we're not leaving you out, but, you know, give us a little space today to talk to the women who are running our classrooms and our schools across the region and across the world. Why, Gemma, why should we strive to be more visible in the workplace, in schools as women teachers? And it's so important. And I've got a lot of female friends who are teachers as well. So knowing I was coming on your podcast, your amazing podcast, I did reach out to them to see how they felt about visibility. But, you know, I think it's so important, especially with teaching, because not often people understand what goes into it. A lot of things happen behind the scenes when it comes to teaching as well. And, you know, sometimes I know in this country, there's a lot of negativity as well that teachers have to face and a lot of judgment and 
people making decisions about them, being observed, that kind of thing. And I think visibility, being able to have some control over that is really important in terms of, you know, getting that message across to people. Like, this is what teaching's about. This is why I do what I do, why I'm passionate. You know, it's not all about having long holidays, <laughs> all that kind of stuff that people throw out there, right? So I think, you know, it's so important for career progression that people know who you are, what you stand for, why you do what you do, and opportunities that come from that, you know. There's so many opportunities that come from being more visible and being able to talk about your strengths and and share how good you are at what you do, right? We don't yeah, do I love the fact that you said why you do what you do, you know, because the why is so important. And as teachers, we're very good at knowing our why. But what do you think is stopping us? What's stopping female teachers, especially from taking that step to becoming more visible? I think, well, I mean, there's so much research out there. And I did my own research as well, which is interesting. I know you mentioned men at the beginning. And actually, a lot of men don't like self-promotion either. But in my research, I found that even if they don't like it, they tend to do it anyway. (laughs) Whereas women think, you know, I'm not going to bother and just hold back. So in terms of what's stopping women from doing it especially teachers I think there's already a lot of judgment around anyway so you know worrying what people are going to think of you for me I think that perfectionist might come in there as well I meet a lot of women who have got you know have you heard you know what I mean by perfectionism you know and people putting those incredibly high standards on themselves and then when they don't reach them then beating themselves up about it as well. I think that's something that can really get in the way of women wanting to push themselves and be more visible and do things differently. And also, you know, that kind of fear of rejection, fear of people saying, why are you doing this? Why are you speaking up? Why are you being more visible? You know, just get on with the day job. That's what you're doing it for. And I think there's a lot to be said for to embrace that really, just to kind of change those attitudes and perspectives. So yeah, there's lots of different reasons why women hold back. You know, waiting for the right time is another big one, overthinking things and, and you know, I'll do it later or I'll just give myself some time to get more experience or um, I've got to get that qualification before I can go for that promotion, that kind of thing. And it just all gets in the way and we can often self-sabotage, I think, when it comes to these kind of things. So yeah. Yeah, I think also when it comes to self-promotion in schools, it really is not always viewed positively. I think things might be changing, but a lot of people think, especially women, that you should just quietly carry on with the job. And if there is anybody to be recognized, somebody will eventually find you and recognize you. What are your thoughts on that? I think, you know, I see it all the time in different industries as well as, as education, but women just... We're taught, aren't we, at an early age, like head down, work hard. That's how you'll get success. And, you know, it's not always the case. We sometimes have to, you know, stick our head up above the parapet and say, you know, I'm here and this is what I'm doing. Because otherwise you can wait and wait for people to notice you and get recognized and then rewarded. And and what if it doesn't happen? You know, it's sometimes nice to take a little bit of control back and have some impact on your own career progression as well. And this is a really good way to do that. So, you know, now we're encouraging teachers from this podcast to really put their heads above the parapet. What if they do so and then it gets chopped off a little bit? And that's a very harsh way of putting it. But what happens if they get shut down or something really negative is said about them? How do they handle that? Because that could be devastating. 
absolutely devastated and now I've got a really bad visual of when you see people chopping heads off but um, a great analogy because it's so true you know we do do that we do put our head above the parapet and people don't like it because it's not what we normally do they're not used to it and you know what I'm not saying go out there and you know throw yourself under a train for your career that's not what I'm saying but what I am saying is it's time for you to recognize your own strengths and your own passions and how good you are at teaching and the results that you have. I know for teachers, and I know I work in a lot of public sector, it's about impact. And a lot of people will say to me, yeah, but I'm not interested in talking about myself. I'm not interested in my progression in that way. I'm interested in the impact I make, which, you know, for teachers is huge. That's why you get into it generally, isn't it? So you see people grow and learn and develop. But, you know, the thing is, visibility equals impact. You can have a bigger impact if you take that step into being a bit more visible as well. So, yeah. Explain that a little about? bit more. Visibility equals impact. I've not heard that before. Okay. Why, why do you say that? Well, I think a lot of people look at it as though it's selfish and you're doing it for your own good. And so when I work with people, say, in teaching or any public sector, you know, police, probation, housing, that kind of thing, they're often like, it's not about me. I don't do this job for the money. I don't do the job for myself. I do it to help others. And so when I talk to them about being more visible, they see it as being really selfish. And actually, it's not because the more visible you are, the bigger impact you can have. And role modeling is one big thing, especially for teachers as well you are a role model always so how can you role model to your students that it's okay to big yourself up it's okay to own it that you're great at this specific thing and that you're going to go far with it I think being a role model is hugely important as well so what I mean by that is the impact can be greater if impact your driver and your motivation right being more visible can only help that Mm, I get that So that nicely leads me into, for your school, because you want to make an impact. Yeah. What are the benefits to your school or maybe to your organization of you becoming more visible with the work that you're doing? Well, I think it can only be a positive thing. And I've seen it work so well where organizations, you know, they're judged on their reputation, aren't they, of the impact that they make on a bigger scale. So are schools and academies. So, you know, if you're out there promoting yourself and the great work that you're doing and the great work your students are doing, then you're promoting the school and the organization at the same time. So it's a win-win for everybody. And that opens up opportunities for the organization, like funding or, you know, different things they could get, get awards or something they can get involved with. But you're putting them on the map. When yeah. you put yourself on the map, and I think that's really important too. So everybody can win from that. That just gave me an idea. I mean, it, it ties in so nicely because here in the Middle East, and particularly here in the United Arab Emirates, the majority of the schools, apart from the schools that are attended by local students, are privately owned schools, privately run schools, and they do have a drive to up their enrollment. And I can see how if the staff within the school are more visible and they're promoting themselves a lot more, then by a spin-off, the school gets to be promoted a lot more, which could impact its enrollment figures. So it does, it, it makes a lot of sense in this context. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of individuals will say, oh, well, my company might not be happy with that. You know, if I start talking about things, I'm like, well, just double check, because actually it can be a huge positive for the company and organization as well. So absolutely, you're right. Mm. What are some of the individual benefits? I know we touched on some earlier, but a little bit more of the individual benefits of self-promoting, because I think people need a lot of convincing. The fact is we've been taught, I mean, I nearly want to say indoctrinated, but I'm I'm scared of using such a, a strong word about not promoting yourself, not being so prideful, not saying I'm great, you know, because it then means that if you fail, you're going to fail in a bigger way. And everybody's going to say, well, hmm, she said she was that good. I mean, and now she's failed. I wonder what that's about. How is it beneficial to promote yourself? Give me a little bit more. Like, I really want some more. I want to convince some more people, I think. Do you want me to convince you, Lisa? I think that's what it is, right? I think it is. <laughs> well, you know what? It's so interesting that you said, you know, you almost did the full cycle of self-promotion leads to putting yourself out there, leads to getting it wrong, and then you fail. And that's one of the things that stops us, right? That We're worried that it's all going to go wrong and we're going to look like we've fallen flat on our face and everyone's going to go, hmm, yeah, see, knew she couldn't. And women do this all the time. We kind of do the little story before we've even done it. It's really interesting. But I think for me, self-promotion's on so many different levels, right? So it's not just about you standing on a box going, look at me, look at me, everybody, I'm so amazing. Because it's not. And we all know those people that do that, right? You've yeah. done one thing, they've done it 10 times better. And right. it's like, oh God, and it's, it's exhausting. But we, so we don't want to be like that. That kind of behavior puts us off. And that's why we feel like it's cringy. That's why we feel uncomfortable, why it's arrogant. Because we don't want people to judge us like that. Because ultimately, we want to belong, right? We want to fit in. That's who we are. So yeah. if we push ourselves out and do something a little different, then people are going to start saying, oh, what's she doing? But actually, you can do it in different ways. It can be so subtle. So, you know, you doing your podcast is a form of self-promotion to me, right? Okay. I mean, you tell me what's the motivation behind the podcast for you? Well, it's a part of my role with Teach Middle East Magazine is to host the podcast. But here's the crazy thing, which um, I think my listeners don't know. If it wasn't for my job, I probably wouldn't do it. And I fought with my business development manager for a long time to say, you know, do people really want to hear my voice? Like, do they really? And so doing it is really getting me out of my comfort zone. And what's fabulous is we've had thousands of listeners, which makes me like, oh, my God. Thousands of people have sat with me in their ear for the better part of an hour and they didn't switch me off. I'm in shock. So I'm, it's helping. It's helping me boost my own self-confidence. There you go. And that's what it's about. That's what it can be about, you know, being more visible and promoting yourself and doing it in a way that feels good. I talk to my clients all the time. Like, I know everyone says, push yourself out of your comfort zone, jump in at the deep end. But actually, there's ways that you can you know, look within your strengths. You know, if you're really good at writing, say, then find some way you can do more writing, like blogs or articles or industry-specific stuff or, you know, even for your own organisation, can you write on their behalf and, and big them up? If you're really good at speaking, doing a podcast, like you clearly are, and I know you've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone, you just said, but people want to hear from you. So this, to me, is being visible. We've connected because of it. 
So, you know, it's about networking. It's about building relationships. Networking is one of the best ways to raise your profile and self-promote in a way that feels comfortable and can actually be fun. I promise it can be fun to talk about yourself and talk about what you do and what you're passionate about and meet other people that get it, you know, and yeah. they want to too. I think you've touched something. So you're going to help me to help our listeners a, a little bit more, right? Okay. So they've listened to this point in the podcast, which is fabulous. So they've gone in 20 some odd minutes, right? And they haven't switched us off, which is great. We appreciate you guys. You're fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> now, they're convinced to start a bit of self-promotion. Good. Where do they begin? So that's it. They start with looking at what they're good at already, right? I mean, you know what? As women, we don't do this enough either. You know, there'll be guys out there too who feel the same, but we don't focus on our strengths. You know, if I speak to women and say, tell me your top three strengths, and they'd be like, um, I don't know, I'm not sure, can't say, what would it be? And actually, that's your biggest asset. So it's really good to start there. What are you really good at? Like I said before, maybe it's writing, speaking, maybe it's networking, relationship building, whatever it is, really dig deep on that and do more of it rather than trying to do something that feels so uncomfortable, that's going to push you way beyond your comfort zone, that's going to really stretch you and be really scary. Then, you know, you're not going to do it. The motivation is not going to be there. You're going to keep putting it off and off and off, unless in your situation, you get asked to do it as part of your job, right? And you did, but you did it and you're making such a success of it. So I'd say if you're going to go off and start promoting yourself a little bit more, start with what you're good at. And if you're not sure what that is, then maybe just start networking a little bit and start practicing talking about yourself. Where can they network? LinkedIn, best place, I think. It's like, because you meet so many people. You'll probably have education events that you can go to. I know you've got an event as well, haven't you? Yeah, we have one coming up at the end of August. Yeah, looks amazing. So it's about, you know, getting out there and, and putting yourself, you don't have to go and meet hundreds of people you can just meet a couple and that can open up doors and opportunities you just what's the first know. step on LinkedIn like what what should they do they've come on the platform it's all oh my god going so fast what, what can they do what's the first step do they just say hi I'm looking to connect what what can they do they can go find people so maybe give yourself a list of top 10 people or industries or topics that you're interested in and then whack that in the search bar and see what comes up. And then if people come up, check them out. If they sound interesting, you know, request a connection, drop them a message saying, this is what I do. Saw your profile, saw your post, thought it was really interesting. It'd be great to connect. That's it. Just like you would if you're at an event or, you know, in a restaurant or whatever, you're going, hi, you know, just meeting somebody and saying, this is what I do. What do you do? And, you know, having that connection, that's how you could do it. Have top 10 people go out there, smash it yeah a lot of people are scared of social media though I know that's true I don't often see LinkedIn as social media do you I see it as something a bit different I like LinkedIn I don't think it's social media in the way that people view social media although it might be becoming (laughs) a little bit like that but I still find it to be a fabulous place to meet people but teachers in particular are very you know they don't really like putting themselves on social media because obviously they don't want to be found by the parents and they don't want to be found by their students. How can they do it in a way that's not offensive or cringy? 
I think maybe reach out to different teachers then, you know, in different schools, different organizations, connect that way, maybe find someone who does a similar role to you. If you're doing something as well as the teaching, you know, if you've got like um, a unique part that you're responsible for a specialism or something like that and reach out to others that are doing similar jobs to you and connect that way and share good practice. You know, that's always a great place to start somewhere that's you know, solid foundation where you can connect at the same level, I think is always a really good thing. But just by starting there, you know, you never know where it's going to go. And I think that's the thing. We often tell ourselves that it's all going to go wrong or it's not going to work out when actually we've not tried it. And I think sometimes you just got to go for it and try it and, and reach out to people. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. Just trying. Here are a couple of quick fire questions. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So here's my first one. Have you seen anyone who's done their self-promotion horribly wrong? What did they do? (laughs) Oh my God, that is a good question. Me, probably. (laughs) Because you know what? Because I've got it wrong so many times. And at first that was hard because the whole reason I do this no more hiding and working with women is because I was her. You know, I had a business before this and and it was an education business and we worked with young people who were going to be excluded from mainstream. They came to us instead. And I was hiding. I was hiding behind the brand. And I got all my staff to go out and do the scary things like networking and presenting and selling, you know, all the fundamental things to business. And I was hiding. And I realize that now looking back. So that's why I do what I do now, because I was underestimating my capability. I guess I've never seen anyone do it really wrong because I just think everybody's amazing for trying. Some people do video, maybe video's not for them or, you know, some people write and maybe that's not for them. So it's just about trying new things and finding out what suits you. And you can tell that from feedback, right? So be open, you know, be open and don't criticize yourself, you know, just have fun with it. Be curious, experiment. That's all you can do, I think. And if it goes wrong, then we don't fail, do we? We win or we learn. So Yeah. Okay. So my next quick question is, what's one self-promotion tactic or strategy that you saw and thought, whoa, that was amazing? I think for me, ooh, Let me think. I think it's just when you see people shine and you can see the passion coming through, when they've almost put aside any worries about judgment, any worries about what people think. I do see, I'm on Instagram and I do see a lot of medical staff now kind of raising their profile. They've got personal branding. So like surgeons, doctors, gynecologists, that kind of thing. And I follow them. And I I think a lot of young people and now turn into social media for advice and, and support. And, and when you see people really owning it on there and challenging things that maybe are not quite right advice, and, you know, that's when I see self-promotion and, and visibility really working well when it's having that massive impact. So That's good. I, I never thought about that. So instead of sitting back and allowing misinformation to prevail, these professionals are actually countering yeah. that misinformation I really like that. I think there's a space for teachers to do that too. You know, after talking to my friends about it here in the UK, one of the biggest problems is the perception and the media and how they often are really negative about teachers. And then that trickles down and then parents become negative about teachers. And it's so unfair because they're ultimately doing one of the hardest jobs ever. So I think there's a gap. I think there's a gap there in social media for teachers to step up and start, you know, putting it right 
and, and teaching people what really goes on, you know, in the education system and the yeah. work and the effort and the hours that they put in as well to planning and marking and all those kind of things behind the scenes stuff. I think it'd be really interesting for people to say. No, you're right. I think there's a group of teachers on Twitter with okay. Edu Twitter, and they're really starting to showcase what goes on in education. And as much as I love LinkedIn and I big up LinkedIn all the time, I think Twitter for educators is phenomenal. The okay. ability to connect with like-minded educators is really, really great. And that I think I would encourage my listeners to get onto Twitter, go on the hashtags, you know, and could be EdChat, could be EduTwitter. In the UAE, we have Collab UAE, Teach Middle East. These are all hashtags that are trending in the UAE and the Middle East. And you will find hundreds of educators who are there that you can follow and connect with. Okay, okay. next question for you. Okay. What's the next thing that you plan to do as a part of your self-promotion? It could be online or offline. Oh, I can't wait to get back to doing some more face-to-face training because that I just I just started before lockdown, started going out to companies because, I mean, this company I've got now is virtual. I've always worked with clients online anyway, but I just started getting back into face-to-face training and then lockdown happened. So it all went back virtual. So I've just been chatting to someone locally who wants me to come in and run a face-to-face event. So <laughs> the first thing she said to me was, what do you need from me? And I was thinking, well, actually, I probably need some clothes because being online all the time, um, I've, you know, it's been easy just to wear my leggings and just be, you know, your little box. That's all they can see of me. So I'm really excited to do that. And that's great because you get out there and you meet people and there's nothing more powerful than meeting other people and connecting that way. So really excited about that. Yeah, I'm really hoping that we can get face-to-face in the new academic year. We're hoping to have a face-to-face conference in October. And we're keeping everything crossed that that will actually work because it's been, you know, a tough 18 months, I want to say. And we really want to get back in touch, live face-to-face, meeting people, saying hi's. We probably won't shake hands anymore, but we'll definitely be face to face. Gemma, it's been fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much. If teachers or anyone else really for that matter, would love to touch base with you and to get some more tips and strategies or work with you, how could they do that? Well, if you're not on LinkedIn, I am on LinkedIn. So if you are there, come and connect with me and I'd love to hear from you, you know, any feedback about our chat today. So message me over there or my website, which is gemmastow.com and you can find lots of things there. And I do have, it's like a quiz that you can download. It's free and you can almost test yourself to see how good your personal branding and visibility is. So you can go through that and it's good because it shows that you might be doing more than you think you are and there might be some gaps that you could do more too. So it's worth checking out for sure. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Gemma. It's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. It's been amazing. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Teach Middle East podcast. Visit our website, teachmiddleeast.com and follow us on social media. The links are in the show notes.